are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. So what we're saying here in Genesis is, and what God is saying, that He made man in His image and in His likeness so much an exact duplication of His kind until we can become one, in effect, one. I hope you can see that the way I see it in my spirit. Now let's follow this down. Verse 28, And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Now there's a very important word where he says subdue the earth. You realize he's talking about if it gets out of line, you put it back in line. You have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl there, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Every living thing. Now that was God's command concerning man. That was God's will. That was God's direction. Now, as we follow on down, let's go into the second chapter. And let's look at verse 7. We're going to see the exact duplication of God's kind. Let me restate this, lest you misunderstand what I'm saying. When I say that God reduplicated Himself in kind, God is a spirit. That's what kind of a being God is. God is a spirit being. Now, God does have and can take a bodily form. But God does not have a physical flesh and blood and bone body as we have. But he can take a physical form. He did appear to Abraham. He talked to Abraham face to face and dealt with Abraham. We'll get into that in some of the other session. But verse 7 gives us an account of what happened when God made and created man. There's two things here that's very important. Read from verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now let's stop right there before we read the rest of the verse. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, the word formed means to mold. He molded man's body out of the dust of the ground. Now, what that simply says is that God used something that was already created to make man's body. Now, you can understand right quickly that that is not a creation. You know, if if somebody takes something that's already made and makes something else, changes the form of it and makes something else out of it, that is not a creation. He made it. He formed it. You take someone that builds a house. They didn't create it. The tree was the wood. It already existed. It was already there. God created the trees. And then they sawed the trees down. They cut them up and they made two befores out of them. They built a house out of it. So they built it. They molded it. They didn't create it. See, there's a difference in creation and making. Now, now if you'll come back up to, to verse 3 here. I think it'll help us clarify what I'm getting at. God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his works which God created and made. Now notice, God made a difference between what he created and what he made. God created some things and he made others out of something he had already created. I believe you can see that. All right, now come back down to verse 7. The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The Amplified says the spirit of life. 
He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life of the spirit of life, and man became a living soul. Now, what I want to point out here, and the reason I wanted to dwell on this, was to point out to you that what God is doing, he is reduplicating himself in kind. In other words, God formed man's body. He made him. He was perfect. But he was dead as a doornail, so to speak. I mean, if he turned him loose, he'd have fell to the ground. There was no life in him until God breathed his spirit into him. Spirit life was breathed into Adam. Now, the word spirit means wind, air, breath. So it was actually the breath of the life of God that was breathed into Adam. Now, this is the creation right here. This is where the creation took place. This is where God reduplicated himself in kind. When he breathed his spirit, his life into Adam. That's where he reduplicated himself in kind. The spirit that is inside you. Actually, that's not really the right way to say it. We are a spirit being. We have a soul. We live in a body. But sometimes it's hard to say it all that way. But the spirit that God gave you is imparted from God. It is the life of God. Now, the Apostle Paul made some statements about this. In verse 10 of 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, the Apostle Paul says, But God... Uh, well, let's go to verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen the ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Now, too many people stop there and don't read the next verse. But listen to what he says. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. In other words, he's saying, man hasn't seen it, hasn't entered in by the eye gate or the ear gate. It hasn't got into his heart that way, but God did reveal it through his spirit. In other words, it came by revelation knowledge. Now, as you follow this on down, verse 11, he says, But what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? In other words, your spirit, the human spirit, knows all about you. And then he goes on to say, Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So God's Spirit knows all about God. Your Spirit knows all about you. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. Now I want you to get this. You have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Now where did we receive the Spirit which is of God? Well, I know some say that, well, he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. Well... I'm not so sure that that's the context of it. It could refer to that by law of double reference. But I'm sure he is referring here to the human spirit because uh, the way this word's used here, it indicates the human spirit. In fact, the King James has a little s, which means the human spirit. Now, by looking at it this way, he says, We have received the Spirit of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. In other words, this is the way God reveals the things that He's given to us is through our spirits. And see, this is the context of what He's saying here. Now, God breathed His own spirit into man. He reduplicated Himself in kind so God, being a spirit, could communicate with man through His spirit. That's essentially what He's saying. That's the way you receive from God. You receive through the spirit. 
You see, you can't contact God with your physical body. You can't reach out and touch God with your physical hand. God is real. God is here. God is a spirit. But you contact God through the human spirit. And this is what he's saying. We have received the spirit which is of God that we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. Now, I said all that to show you what God is saying here. Now, I've had people to say to me, well, Brother Caps, I believe that God created two men. <laughs> because they say over here in chapter 1 says, God created man in his own image. Then over here in chapter 2, God formed man out of the dust of the ground. So here he made him another man. Well, now, you need to understand what they're doing here. In verse 1, he's giving you an overall view of what took place in the creation. Then chapter 2, he comes back and gives you more details of how he did it. This is the same man. God didn't create two men here. He created one man. Then he took a rib from that man and made a helpmate for Adam. He formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life or the spirit of life or the life of God. So you are an exact duplication of God's kind in that you are a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a physical body. Now, this is God's word to us and the knowledge of God to us. Now, let's talk about dominion through words. How was this man? How was Adam? How was the creation that God put here? How was he going to have dominion? He's given him some instruction here to have dominion and subdue the earth. How was he to do that? Now, you know I can understand, and I know you can, how that Adam could keep the jackrabbits out of the tomatoes. But what happens when the elephant begins to tromp down the cabbage? I mean, he's going to have a hard time throwing the elephant out of the garden. He was going to have dominion through words. Through words. Man was created in the image of God. Now, what does it mean to be in the image of God? What does it mean to have dominion and be created in the image of God? Well, to understand that, you have to go back to Genesis, the first chapter. And you find that it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said... Now notice, the creation that took place, actually, I believe it's the reforming of the earth. We'll not get into that because it's too deep and too long to go with it. But here he says there was darkness out there. God looked out and he saw darkness and he saw the chaos... He saw it exactly like it was. And then God said, light be, the Hebrew says, light be and light was. Well, what happened? Now notice it says the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. The Spirit of God was there over the water. The waters covered the earth. But nothing happened until words were spoken. Now this shows you something. Even though the Spirit of God was there, the Spirit of God was moving, there was nothing accomplished until God spoke the words. God bless you. We do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you that all this week we have CD offer number 7237, The Dominion Principle. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling. Total of $19. 
in this series, I deal with the fact that when you plant a seed in the ground, that seed has dominion over the soil. The soil does not decide what to raise. The seed determines what is raised. And you see, the word of God in the parable of the sower, Jesus said, the sower soweth the word. Now what Jesus did, he took natural things and showed you how spiritual things work because the laws that govern the spirit world have been extended into the earth. And if you can understand how to raise a garden, you can operate in the principles of the kingdom and walk in faith and dominion on this planet. Jesus had dominion, first of all, because he had a physical flesh and blood and bone body, which gave him authority here. And then he spoke the word of God that his father said. He said, I speak only those things which I hear my father say. If you keep God's word in your mouth, it will produce after its kind. You know, day and night, cold and heat, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall never cease. So in the parable of the sower, when Jesus said, the sower soweth the word, he's telling you that words you speak work exactly like seeds. They have dominion over the soil of the heart, and it will produce in you what you say. You'll gravitate to that which you talk about and speak. So if you speak the promises of God, you gravitate toward the promises of God. It's the dominion principle. Offer number 7237 for a total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Couch reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.